0: Anything but everything by prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us in the Gospel of John. John chapter 14, beginning at verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, We do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. keep my commandments and I will pray the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you I will not leave you orphans I will come to you a little while longer and the world will see the world will see me no more but you will see me because i live you will live also at that day you will know that i am in my father and you in me and i in you he who has my command he who has my commandments and keeps them it is he who loves me and he who loves me will be loved by my father And I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring, you, and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said, I am going to the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it comes, that when it does come to pass, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing in me, but that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, so I do. Arise, let us go from here. Verses 1 through 31, John chapter 14. Father, we thank you once again for the gift, the precious and powerful gift of your word. Thank you for the privilege, the blessing it is for us to spend time with you in your Word each and every day. Thank you for the opportunity to draw closer and closer to you and to be able to hear more and more clearly from you as we simply spend time one-on-one with you, both in your Word and in prayer. Anoint us all afresh with the spirit of prayer today. Anoint us afresh with the spirit that would cause us to have a growing hunger for your Word and anoint us afresh with the spirit of obedience and more and more help us to walk, help us to live a life of love according to your word. In in the name of Jesus we do pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Our producer is Rick Roberts, and Rick is going to share a word of prayer with us at this time. Father, we're so thankful to hear of the patience that was shown to Philip and uh, in your word shown to Peter and John and all the disciples. Father, we're so thankful that that you show us that same patience and love and mercy. You're such a a wonderful God and we come to praise you today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rick, And thank you again for being a part of our listening family. We continue to remind you that my email is joseph at afr.net and we regularly encourage believers to email us to get some of the prayer resources. Now keep in mind... The resources we provide, we're glad to share them. They're tools to help you to be involved in the great work of both evangelism and discipleship. Uh, of course, obviously, you can forward the information, email it to loved ones, friends, to unsaved individuals that you may know as well. On, on the other hand, of course, obviously, you can print them off and share them that way as well. But this is a way whereby we become fellow laborers in the in them in the vineyard, in the kingdom of God, as we do the work of carrying out the Great Commission, going out into the world and making disciples. So again, the email, joseph at afr.net to receive some of the prayer tools and or some of the articles we share from time to time or simply some of the discipleship tools that are there. We're hoping you'll use them for your own personal use and also for the discipleship of the members of your family as well. Hope that you'll do just that. Today we're looking at part two of the topic, Evangelism, Discipleship, and Loving God. And of course, we have, we're privileged to have with us in studio yesterday, Jade Holofield. And Jade is not with us today, but we're looking at the topic, sort of part two. And our encouragement is that you seriously seek the Lord to be, in order to be used more mightily of Him to do the great work of evangelism and discipleship. Keep in mind... Matthew chapter 20, 28 clearly gives us God's command and God's heart concerning the matter of the Great Commission. This is the commission God lays before the church of the Lord Jesus Christ all over the world. Matthew 28, starting at verse 16, tells us these words. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So keep in mind a clear and very important command within this brief passage, starting in verse 19 once again. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Well, the work of making disciples involves evangelism and discipleship. Keep in mind, evangelism is is simply the initial part of the work of making disciples. An individual cannot be a disciple of Christ until they've come to know Christ. And evangelism involves in introducing people to Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of their lives. And the goal, of course, is always not simply converts, but to help people to become disciples. A disciple is a learner and a follower of Jesus Christ. Well, if a person receives Christ but doesn't learn how to follow them, then we've not completed carrying out the command. We're to make disciples. We're to help people come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and then help them to learn how to walk with God, to live a life for, for the glory of God, to live a life in service of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, just very simply, you could summarize the life of a disciple, that is, once a person receives Christ as Lord and Savior, their lives, three basic building blocks that make up the life of a disciple, a follower of Christ. P, and of course the letter pro helps to summarize those three basic building blocks of the life of a disciple. P refers to their prayer life. It's important that a believer learn that prayer is to be a foundational and a critically important part of the life of every believer. Philippians 4, uh, 6, and 7 tells us, "...don't worry about anything but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus." Every believer is called to become a prayer warrior, one that takes prayer very seriously. R refers to reading, that is, reading and studying and meditating on the Word of God. Every believer is called to be a diligent student of the Word of God. Now, in the case when a believer lives in a, in a, a land or a, an area where they don't have the privilege of having a Bible, well, God wants them just to make the most of what, whatever word they may have, and it may be words that they've heard and hid in their heart and memorized. But God will only hold us responsible for, he holds us responsible for what he's entrusted to us and what we have access to. So, but the, we who live in a culture where people typically have many Bibles, God holds us responsible for knowing the contents of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. So every believer... Is called to be a diligent student of Scripture, one who reads and meditates on the Word of God. That means we need to take the reading and studying of God's Word very, very serious. We're not to have a laid-back attitude and read it when we get around to it, read it from time to time. It's important, it's critically important that we're diligent students who are reading and studying the Word of God with the full intention of obeying. And so, O refers to the Last of those three building blocks, again, P refers to our prayer life. R refers to reading and studying and meditating on the Word of God. O refers to obedience. It's critically important that we understand we're not simply to just read the Word of God. We're to read it in order to live it out. God's Word is is full of truth, and truth is always meant to be applied. It's always meant to be carried out. And so it's important that we're learning the truths of God's Word in order to live them out. And so today, as we're looking at the topic of evangelism, discipleship, and loving God, it's important to understand that in order to be a faithful disciple, it's critical that a priority, a high priority of our life, is to listen to God through His Word and by His Spirit, and then to do what He says. One of the tragedies that we find in our culture is that too often those that say they love the Lord will often take their cues not necessarily from the Word of God, but what they see around them. And if a believer is not in a, in a circle or in a fellowship where they really emphasize and encourage evangelism, many believers aren't involved with evangelism hardly at all. Many believers have never given a gospel tract away. Many believers never shared their testimony in order to help someone to come to know Christ. Many believers may have never shared the testimony of how god has answered their prayer in order to point people to jesus christ and how tragic because remember the great commission is not simply for those churches or individuals who live in a community where uh people talk a lot about it that is a command to every believer all over the world no matter what your circumstances are all of us have the important calling and task to share the gospel and then in order and then once they christ persons come to know Christ, they need to help them to begin to grow in their walk as well. So we'll pick up there on the other side. We're looking at the topic evangelism, discipleship, and loving God. We'll be right back. up your voice and sing that he is alive Ryan and Katie Torwald with He is the Light. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. We're looking today at the topic, part two, of evangelism, discipleship, and loving God. And it's so important that we understand that as believers, we're all called to the work of carrying out the Great Commission. And keep in mind, too, as we read in John chapter 14, one of the very important truths that God clearly points out to us is, if we love God, we're going to keep his commandments. If we love God, we're going to do what he says. And, you know, a person can say all day long how much they love the Lord, but if they're not living a life of obedience, a life of clearly understanding what God has called us to do as individual believers and carrying it out, we're not loving God as we should. God sees love for him basically expressed through our obedience to him. So, Again, how often it is that we may say, well, I love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, but if I'm not living a life of obedience, I'm not being truthful with myself or with God either. So again, our obedience is translates into love for God. And so God sees our obedience as an expression of our genuine love for him. In the Gospel of John, chapter 21, That we looked at yesterday Chapter 21 I want to share the chapter once again There's so much in this chapter About the work of living in Close relationship with the Lord Listening to God And carrying out his will Obeying him So John chapter 21 Beginning at verse 1 After these things Jesus showed himself again To the disciples At the sea of Tiberias And in this way He showed himself Simon Peter Thomas called the twin, Nathanael of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, We're going with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, Children, have you any food? They answered him, No. And he said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it and plunged into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from land, but about 200 cubits, dragging the net with fish. Then, as soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish which you have just caught. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land, full of large fish, 153. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. Jesus said to them, Come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you, knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then came and took the bread and gave to them and likewise the fish. This is now the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, Follow me. Then Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved, who also had leaned on his breast at the supper and said, Lord, Who is the one who betrays you? Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, but Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, if I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. Then this saying went out among the brethren that this disciple would not die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he would not die, but if I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? This is the disciple who testifies of these things and wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Amen. Verses 1 through 25, all of John chapter 21. Now, John chapter 21 is a powerful chapter. Of course, it's the final chapter in the Gospel of John. It's also a unique chapter amongst the Gospels in that it's one chapter devoted to things Jesus did with His disciples after He's risen from the dead. The other go- Gospels do not contain the instances and the uh, matters that are covered in cha- John chapter 21 per se. And so but it's a powerful chapter. I would encourage you to take a lot of time to read through this chapter. Several times read and meditate on it because there are many things and note amongst other things Jesus during the 40 days beyond his resurrection that he remained on the earth He spent time with his disciples and you know what he preached and taught his disciples about He talked about the kingdom of God And he taught them truths and insights about the kingdom of God And so that's a part of what he's doing here in John chapter 21 So note here initially in the chapter the disciples they don't know where Jesus is at the moment And Peter decides he wants to go fishing, and some of the others decide they're going to go with him. They go out, and keep in mind, Peter and a number of the others are professional fishermen, fish all night long, which is the customary time in which they would fish typically, and they caught absolutely nothing. Now, that's not a very successful night of fishing. Well, it indicates, though, the following morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples didn't know that it was Jesus. And Jesus calls out to them, children, have you any food? Now, if you can imagine, they're probably thinking to themselves, who is this on the shore calling us children? We're grown men. And he's asking them about their catch. Now, keep in mind, their thinking might be, they might have had a tinge of pride thinking, well, uh, you know, we're professionals, but we haven't caught anything. But he does refer to them as children. And he asks them, have they caught anything? Their answer is no but then note what Jesus says. Now again, they still don't know this is Jesus. Jesus' response is cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. Well, their initial thought might've been, who is this that's trying to tell us how to fish? I mean, we're professionals, but now note they haven't caught anything. But a slight memory may have ran through one or more of their minds that, well, you know, there was a time in which sometime ago, someone else, someone told us, in fact, the Lord had told us, where to fish, and we saw great results. And so it says they cast, they did cast the net, and it says they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. And note here, immediately, John realizes it's the Lord, and he calls out, it is the Lord. Now note, they don't realize who this is that's talking to them until they see the results of following his direction. Keep in mind, God's Word produces results. God is in the business of fulfilling His Word. And if we're wise enough to read and meditate on the Word of God as a lifestyle and then obey the Word of God, more and more we'll see eternal supernatural results from simply obeying God. It's critically important to understand that the life of a disciple is that, a life of obedience. And remember, obedience is an expression of our love for God. If we genuinely love God, we're going to obey Him. Thank the Lord that the disciples didn't argue and say, who are you to tell us how to fish? We know how to fish. They're not arguing. They just immediately obey, even though initially they don't know that it's Jesus, but they see supernatural results. Well, you know, early in the Gospels, we find out that Jesus called the disciples to be fishers of men. And, you know, it's important for us to know that in the work of following Jesus, our job, a big part of the Christian life is simply listening to God staying in close fellowship with him and listening to him and obeying him. That's an expression of love. And so as we're looking at uh, the very important topic of believers carrying out the work of evangelism and discipleship, our fruitfulness and productivity has directly resulted resulted from our hearing his word and hearing his spirit and doing what he said. It's important for us to know that God has called us as believers to listen to him and do what he says evangelism and discipleship are critically important aspects of the work we do because there are many things the church does. But remember this, the wonderful work of evangelism and discipleship is such that God gives us the privilege of being vessels through which he can reach and draw people off the road to hell on the road to heaven. What a glorious thing it is. And keep in mind, God's Word lets us know clearly God desperately loves people. People are precious to God. And as we walk with God and follow the Lord, we and as we grow in our walk with the Lord, we too should come to have a great heart for people, a compassion to help as many people as we can come to know Christ and to begin to grow up in their faith as well. Because the most loving thing we can do in life is to help people come to know Jesus and to draw closer to him as well. So how important it is that we as believers are vitally involved in simply obeying God as we share Jesus with the world and help people in the world realize Jesus is the answer to everything. He's, a, he's the answer to all of our problems, all of our struggles, all of our difficulties. Life is designed to be full of God. The best life we can possibly live is a life where we know Jesus and we're following him. So it's a great act of love, mercy, and compassion for us to faithfully be involved in the work of of sharing the gospel and helping people to come to grow up in their faith. Because, again, the best life we can live is that life of following Jesus, knowing him and following Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for the opportunity, the wonderful privilege and opportunity you give us of being involved in the wonderful work of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, sharing Jesus with a world that desperately needs to know him. Fathers, we think of people all over the landscape, uh, rich people, People, poor people, uh, people of black, white, Hispanic, Asian, whatever background, people of all races and sizes and backgrounds and concerns, Lord, all of them have one great thing in common. They all desperately need Jesus. Father, help us, anoint us afresh with the spirit of compassion. Help us to live with a great compassion. For people who aren't saved. A great compassion for people that don't know you. Help us to realize that when someone is rude or unkind to us. There are people who simply they simply need to come to know Jesus. And to come to learn to walk with him. And life would be so different for them. Help us to not think of people as objects or enemies or troublemakers. Help us to see them as people that desperately need to know Jesus. And Father help us to live a life of compassion. Where we long to be used by you to help them to come to know you and to help them to learn how to walk with you and live for you and thereby begin to live life as it was designed to be lived, a life full of God, a life where we know you, a life where we're serving you, a life where we're fulfilling your calling and our purpose in the world to know you and fulfill that which you've called us to be and do in the world. Thank you for the wonderful privilege, Father, of being able to be your vessels through which your work can be done. Help us to live available lives. Help us to live looking for opportunities to be used by you. Help us to be obedient enough to know, Lord, that every day is a day whereby we're to shine for you and live in such a way that you reach through our words, our actions, our attitude, the things we say, the things we do, that reach through us, Lord, and point people to Jesus Christ. Father, anoint us, afresh with a mighty mighty anointing set us on fire afresh of your holy spirit of compassion for people so that we're burning with your love your grace and your mercy and compassion wanting to do our part wanting to be vessels through which your perfect will and your work can be done in the world fully thank you for the privilege the opportunity the just the great chance to be involved in the wonderful work of the spread of the gospel the wonderful work of making disciples the wonderful work of sharing your love with a world that desperately needs to be touched, transformed, and changed by your love, grace, and mercy. We thank you and praise you for that opportunity. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession as we're looking at part two of the topic, Evangelism, Discipleship, and Loving God. We'll be right back. Music of Toby Mac with It's You. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Once again, we're looking at the topic part two of evangelism, discipleship, and loving God. And keep in mind, one important goal for us here is that we're encouraging you by the grace of God to mature in your walk with the Lord to where you see the work of evangelism and discipleship not as a burden, but a wonderful privilege and opportunity because that's exactly what it is. What greater and more exciting thing can we be involved in than in the work of, again, helping to pull people off the road to hell, on the road to heaven, to move from away from being on the road to an eternity of misery, tragedy, and suffering onto a road of the most wonderful eternity they could possibly live. Heaven is a place where Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit live and dwell. It's a place where everyone will be fulfilled, will be full of joy, full of light, full of peace. A place where there are no problems, there are no troubles, there are no struggles, there are no difficulties. A place where all your needs are met and God runs our cup over in every way, every day of our lives for all eternity. Who would want to miss a wonderful place like that? And again, the love of God and the compassion of God should drive us to want to be fully used by God to help take as many people with us to heaven as we possibly can. Well, in John chapter 21, the first part again, keep in mind the disciples have cast the net onto the right side of the boat as Jesus had told them to. They get a a huge net full of fish and they realize it's Jesus and they bring the fish to shore. One or more of them help to bring the fish to shore and when they arrive, keep in mind, Jesus already has a fire of coals there and fish laid on it. Now, remember, at the beginning of the chapter, their goal was they wanted to. F- they went fishing, basically. Apparently, they were just hungry. And they went, well, see, when they arrive on shore, they have a whole lot of fish. Jesus doesn't even need the fish they've caught. Jesus already has the fish laid out for them, for them to come and eat. It says that it was a fire of coals and fish laid on it and bread. And Jesus, he tells them, bring some of the fish which just, you just caught. But keep in mind, he already has the fish cooking. It's probably the best fish dinner they've ever had in their whole life. You may say, well, can Jesus cook? Jesus is the greatest cook in the universe. Well, and so note here, Jesus' words to them. And it specifically says in verse verse 30, oh, let's see, excuse me, verse 12, Come and eat breakfast. Well, the King James uses the words, come and dine. Now, something that, that is very neat about this passage is that it has a number of meanings. Jesus obviously is inviting them to come and eat breakfast, the physical food that will meet the needs of their physical body. But Jesus also is speaking to all believers for all time as well. And he's inviting them not so much to eat physical food simply in as in this situation, He's inviting all of us to come and dine on his word. And an encouragement and a challenge to all of us is to take Jesus to heart. Every day, God God doesn't want us to simply snack on his word. He wants us to dine, to feast on his word, because God's word, it actually cures all the ills of life. And as we as believers more and more read and study the word of God and fill our lives with the word and obey the word, that helps us to move towards fulfilling our purpose for being in the world. So every day a believer is wise to not simply snack on the Word, dine on the Word, feast on the Word of God, spend significant time reading and meditating on God's Word. That is, spend that time in the presence of Jesus, That's your one-on-one appointment with Jesus, allow Him to equip you, to give you His wisdom, His grace, His insight, and His encouragement, and His empowerment to prepare you to be what you've been called to be in the world. So I hope that you'll do that. Notice too, Jesus kind of pulls Peter aside and more or less reinstates him. Because remember, Peter has denied Jesus three times before Jesus' crucifixion and death on the cross and resurrection. He denies him not just once, not just twice, but three times. So Jesus speaks to Peter and by the grace of God restores him. He asked him the question, uh, Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Peter's response, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He says to him, feed my lambs. Jesus says to him a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter says to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus responds, tend my sheep. And then Jesus says a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And it says that Peter was grieved. Because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And Jesus says, well, Peter's response is, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Notice a powerful message amongst others that Jesus is sharing with Peter is, if you love me, then show it with your actions. If you love me, obey me. If you love me, love my sheep. Love my people. Do what I've called you to do to bless and love people. We're called to be vessels who love the people of God. Remember this, people are precious to God. And if we love God, we will love people and we will seek to share the gospel and reach out so that people can come to know Christ and learn how to follow him. If we love God, we should be involved in the great work of the Great Commission, carrying the gospel to a world that desperately needs to hear it. So people are precious to God. And so... We too should live in such a way that people are precious to us and we're living in such a we're to live in such a way that we help as many come to know Christ as by the grace of God that we can. Now, in the Old Testament, the book of Jonah, Jonah is a powerful book. It's only four short chapters, but it's a very unique book. It's a great book to read and meditate on, but remember there are a number of important messages that we can draw from the book of Jonah. In the first book of Jonah, we find that God has called Jonah to go to preach to Nineveh. In fact, in Jonah chapter 1, just reading a portion of it, Jonah 1, beginning at verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for the wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea and there was a mighty tempest on the sea so that the ship was about to be broken up. That was verses 1 through 4 of Jonah chapter 1. Now note here, God has clearly called Jonah to come to, or to go to the city of Nineveh to preach to it. One of the many powerful insights and truths found in this book is that Jonah apparently has a mighty anointing of God to proclaim his word. He has anointing upon God, so God has placed an important investment in and upon Jonah's life. But sadly, Jonah disobeys. For whatever reason, Jonah doesn't want to obey God in this situation, and he does not do that. And so, keep in mind, he doesn't go to Nineveh to preach initially. In fact, he tries to go in a totally different direction. He Scripture says he arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Now you'd think a, a prophet of God would know better than to try to flee from the presence of the Lord, but that's exactly what Jonah does. He goes down to Joppa, found a ship going to Tarshish. He paid the he paid his money, trying to run from the Lord. Went down to the and got into the ship and headed toward, you know, headed to uh the city of Josh, headed to Tarshish. But note, God sends out a large storm on the sea, and the ship is tossed to and fro, and the mariners on the ship are so afraid they throw their cargo away. So there's great financial loss to them because of all that's going on here. And they come to realize it's Jonah's fault. Jonah tells them what to do to fix the situation, to toss him overboard and they were hesitant to do it, but they finally do it and come to find out that Jonah really was the problem. And, of course, a number of the sailors put their faith and trust in God as well. Well, of course, chapter 2 lets us know Jonah repents. He asks, cries out to the Lord, and God has mercy on him, and he gives him another chance. In chapter 3, we find out that God, after God has spoken to the fish, and the fish uh, vomits Jonah onto the dry land, well, Chapter 3, we find that God has given Jonah another chance to go and do what God told him to do to begin with. In other words, God still simply wants Jonah to obey. Remember, our love for God can be seen in our obedience to God. Jonah didn't have to get swallowed by a fish and go through all that trouble. He could have simply loved God enough to just obey him to begin with. And, of course, chapter 4, Jonah is wanting to see the results of his preaching. Well, of course, Jonah is highly successful but apparently he's not happy at his success uh, because he didn't like the people he was preaching to, but God uses him in spite of his not-so-good attitude. One of the many powerful messages of the book of Jonah is that God loves people. God loves people. People are precious to God, and God wants, as his church, to grow in our spiritual maturity to the point where we, too, love people. We love them enough to tell them That Jesus is the answer. We live in a world where everybody's fighting a hard battle. Everybody's going through difficulty and trials because we live in a tough world. But the fact is, no matter who a person is, where they come from, what they look like, the answer to their problems in life, it's always Jesus. Jesus is the answer to all of our problems. So as the church, we have the greatest responsibility in all the world to bring the gospel to a world that desperately needs to hear it. It's important that we be about our Father's business. Father, thank you for the wonderful opportunity you give us to be involved in the great work, the precious work, the the just the merciful work, the spread of the gospel to a world that desperately, desperately needs to hear it. Father, anoint us afresh with the Spirit of compassion, mercy, grace, and love, it's the Spirit that would stir us to be passionate about sharing the gospel, passionate about the work of making disciples, passionate about learning what your calling and your callings are in our life and carrying that calling out, knowing that it's all an important part of the building of your kingdom and accomplishing your work and your will in the world. Help us, Lord, to have a longing and a passion to simply do what you've called us to do, knowing that through our lives and through our fulfilling your call, that the world will more and more come to know Jesus and come to receive Christ as their Lord and Savior. Thank you for the chance to be about your business every day. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Hour of Intercession, as we usually do before we end the broadcast. We share the opportunity for persons that don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior to make that step. If you're not saved today, today is a good day to get saved. If you want to make that step, would you simply pray this prayer with me and invite Jesus Christ into your life? As you pray this prayer, would you pray with me even now? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so very much that you came into this world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for all my sins and all the wrong things I've done. Lord, I repent of all the wrong things I've done and I turn from them. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come anew into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Make me the person you would have me to be. Lord, you told us in your word, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right now, Lord, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your spirit help me to follow you and live for you for the rest of my life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we very much would like to hear from you. Once again, my email is joseph at AFR.net. Again, that's joseph at AFR.net. Would you email us? We'd like to share with you some literature and some resources that will help you to begin to grow and grow up strong and vibrant in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, joseph at AFR.net. We very much hope to hear from you. Also, if you'd like some of the prayer and discipleship resources we provide, same email, just let us know. We're glad to share them with you. Again, joseph at AFR.net. We've been looking today at part two of the topic, Evangelism, Discipleship, and Loving God. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession.